Hello America, this is Mark, your host for, you know it, The Daily Answer. And it was a warm, that was a warm, muggy day in August years ago. On, a, on an afternoon, I was attempting to fix a ceiling fan in the house that we had in Beaver, Oregon. And if my memory serves me right, this was the same day that the fuel pump had went out on our Dodge Caravan. Yeah, the Dodge Caravan. Sorry, Dodge. I mean, there's a number of things that Dodge has made that I've liked, but the Dodge Caravan has to be the worst vehicle ever made almost. I mean, I put three transmissions into that, and on that day, the fuel pump went out, and the fuel pump was actually in the gas tank, and so all of that had to be removed. And luckily, I found a place that would take it right away, and so during that time i'm working on the ceiling fan and that that was that was a pretty busy day because we had to be four hours south down to myrtle creek outside of roseburg oregon for a wedding rehearsal a wedding that i was doing the next day and so here here i'm the, the van's in the shop hopefully it will be done so we can you know get on the road and Time is clicking by, and I'm work trying to fix a ceiling fan. As, and as I attempted to fix the ceiling fan, it suddenly turned on and shocked. And I think I said something really wise, incredibly smart, like, somebody do something. I was listening to an interview. Walsh noted that in during the pandemic, we saw various government agencies issue decrees, which at times might not have made any sense. I remember seeing, I was in Florida and we were at an RV park and there was a sign and they would have like a shuttle bus that would take people on a tour of different things. And the sign said, you, got, you have to have your mask on when you board the bus. But once you're on the bus, you can take the mask off. And I'm going like, I don't understand the thinking there. And, and maybe the thinking is, if you're going to get on this bus, you're doomed. And so you might as well take your mask off. You know, you're doomed anyway. This is like the ship of fools, etc. Everyone's going to die anyway. So, but but you got to have it on when you get on the bus. And, and some of the things may have made no sense and they may have been contradictory. But I like what he said. I think among many people, particularly many non-Christian people, many people that do not have faith in God or the afterlife and do not have hope, do not have an anchor of the soul, Hebrews chapter 6. The feeling was we have to do something. And even if the something they did didn't make a whole lot of sense, at least they could say, well, we're doing something. You know, our, our culture, like a number of cultures, often wants to avoid unpleasant topics. And, and one of those is like death. That, that, that's not a particularly cheerful topic that people want to talk about. And I have known people over the years that refuse to make a will. They refuse to make any sort of estate planning uh, because, no, no, not talking about it, not talking about their demise. But the book of Hebrews, as well as reality, says <laughs> it's appointed unto men once to die, and after this comes judgment. Hebrews 9, 27, and 28. 
People don't want to think about such things. So we convince ourselves that if we, well, stay busy, man, stay busy. I got things on my plate, going to spin those plates. If I can keep enough things on my schedule, if I can keep myself preoccupied, then uh, and, and throw ourselves in all sorts of projects like the man in Luke chapter 12 who built his barns and I'm going to be set. I'm going to be good. And yet that night, his very that very night, his soul was required of him. God said, Hebrews 12, 21. I'm hoping that the focus of the pandemic would be upon, well, your mortality. OK, I'm going to die. So where am I headed? That great question of, well, what's next? What's on the plan? You know, like when someone says, well, I'm going to go to college and I'm going to get my degree and then I'm going to get a career and I'm going to get married and have kids. And those kids are going to grow, grow up or going to do all sorts of things with them. And then those kids are going to college and they're going to have grandkids. And then I'm going to retire. And me and my wife are going to travel. And yeah, okay, what next? Well, I'm going to die. Okay, what next? What's after that? And a lot of people never plan for that, that specific, what next? And I, I was hoping that more people would focus on that and our, our present and, of course, coming accountability with the creator where we're going to answer for how we've lived and treated other people and whether we've obeyed the truth or not. Second Corinthians 5, 10 through 11. But sadly, it seems like during the pandemic for a number of people, the focus became, we need to do something. Doing something that was completely unrelated to getting ourselves right with God. I mean, that's the most important, doing something. Get yourself right with God. Because if you get yourself right with God, you're going to treat other people right. And you're going to be an asset. And you're going to be like a foundation for civilization. And you're going to be a great parent and a great spouse if you get yourself right with God. But if you don't fix yourself, then you're just going to be a mess and you're going to cause other people to be a mess as well. You know, Matt said in that interview something of which I can certainly identify. He said he hates to fly. Boy, me too. I don't like flying. You're in a tin can at 30,000 feet in the air. Yeah, we're here in a tin can with a couple wings on it and a motor. Yeah, it just seems to me unnatural. But I know that my fear of flying is completely irrational because if you would look at the statistics, flying looks pretty safe. Flying comes across relatively safe, right? Air travel, you compare the statistics of airplane crashes and automobile crashes, and it's incredibly safe. Okay, but here's, here's a little side note that sometimes people don't talk about. There can be horrific automobile accidents, but a number of automobile accidents you come out of, okay? You're going 55, 60 or whatever. You got some airbags. You're on ground. You're not like in a couple different dimensions, you know. Uh, you're not way up in the air, okay? So a number of people that have car accidents do come out of them. But here's the thing that struck me. Um, man, when things go sideways in a plane, it usually doesn't end well. I know back in the 70s, they were all, all the disaster movies like roller coaster and earthquake and the Poseidon adventure. And then there were things like airport or airport 75. And typically in those movies, you know, like a plane would like uh, land in the ocean and you'd see it like scoot, 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 kind of slide along, you know, and okay. But 
the reality is the fact that if an airplane goes down in the ocean or on land, typically it ends up in a million pieces and so do you, so do all the passengers. And you're like Humpty Dumpty. You can't be back together again. So that, that would be my little caveat on, yeah, air travel's safer. Okay, but when things go sideways on a plane, they typically go sideways really, really bad. He did say something, though, that he thinks about when he goes on a plane. And, and he understands that his fear is irrational as well. Is this trip so important that it's worth putting my life on the line? <laughs> Man, that's a, hey, oh boy, that's a great question. But that's a great question concerning a lot of things. Like this thing I want to do that maybe the Bible says is not right. Okay, is it worth it? Is it worth my soul? Is it worth not just my life? Is it worth eternity? That's a great question. If these truly will be the last hours or days or weeks, months or years, if these are truly the last hours of my earthly existence, man, am I presently doing really what I want to spend my time on? Am I using my time wisely? Ephesians chapter 5 verse 16 says, do not be foolish. You know, verse 17, understand what the will of the Lord is. But it also says, man, redeem the time. The days are evil. Uh, there's a lot of darkness around you. You got to make some really, really wise choices. Make the most of the time. Make the most of the opportunity. And biblically, it would be for good to obey God, to make the world a better place, to prepare yourself for eternity. So all this brings up to me some really important questions. Why am I doing what I'm doing? And I, I want to tie that back to the pandemic before the pandemic, I would see a lot of people in the world, man, just running. Uh, both, you know, husband, wife working. When well, I get those kids off the daycare, get them off to school, run to work, run, run, run. Come home at night, get inside the house, shut the door, don't talk to your neighbors, hop on the internet, watch some movies, go to bed. Saturday comes, okay, Saturday kids got soccer and Little League or whatever, and so we're running around that. Uh, Sunday, well, that's the day to run out to Costco, get all the shopping in, get all those groceries, um, which brings up another question or another observation. I don't like the Costco diet, and what I mean by that, what I mean by that, I just don't like... You know, there's a lot of things at Costco and I will look at and see that people are buying and these are the snacks for their kids. OK, and Costco's really good about that. Here are the all the snacks for your kids. Here's easy peasy things that you can have in the pantry and just throw into their backpack. And that's their lunch for that day. You know, and, and it's the applesauce cup and it's and, and and I like applesauce and it's the string cheese. And I, I like string cheese, string cheese, applesop cup, goldfish crackers. And I'm not opposed to them, you know, and kind of that rolled sandwich, like the tortilla with the turkey, which I don't really care for that sandwich. But we're going to throw that in there, too, you know, and and a Capri Sun. <laughs> and. Man, is that, is that, and, and I just think about the lunches that my mom made me in the berry field. Man, that lunch would not have worked in the berry field. 
I mean, she had like these great sandwiches and fried chicken and chips and pickles and hard boiled eggs and a salt and pepper shaker and ripe tomatoes out of the garden and sliced cucumbers and a big piece of pie or homemade chocolate cake and a half gallon thing of homemade lemonade or whatever chalk with ice man yeah that will help a man get through the day or a young man but the lunches that our kids are eating these days like it's not a lunch it's like a snack i mean you're gonna run out of fuel pretty soon eating that one and is i guess what that all boils up to is do we even like how we're living and i was hoping the pandemic would stop people in the tracks and kind of say why are we doing this why are we living this way and yeah and you only get one of those things maybe once in your lifetime the pandemic sort of thing it's it's like a depression it's like the second world war like yeah you might only get one of those in your lifetime but it's a really a chance to reset look at your priorities man is this the way i want to live our time's very limited here. There's no good guarantee of any time on earth tomorrow, James chapter four. So, I mean, is this, is that the way you really want to spend your life? Um, and it's great to have prepared meals, but you know, you only get one life. Is, is that what you want it to be? If you are, if you're someone who comes home at night and you're there watching various forms of entertainment, either on the cell phone, TV or the laptop, uh, your time's precious. Is that the way you want to use it? Look closely. Look closely at how you use your time. And when you meet, when you stand before God, will you feel comfortable out? Yeah, I, 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 I like my what body of work. I like my use of time. Reminds me of a man I knew, Jerry Martin, and Gerald. Gerald died one night. And what he was doing is he was preparing for his Wednesday night Bible study. Yeah. He died during that process. We spend in our time just doing something rather than doing something important, doing something that really needs to be done. Yeah, we're busy, but are we busy with things that really matter? Or is it just busyness with all lesser matters? And is our busyness nothing more than trying to avoid thinking about reality? I'm going to die. I'm going to meet God in judgment. There is a God. He created this world. This is his world. And we will be judged by Jesus's words, John 12, 48. And I'm, am I just kind of filling up my schedule with a lot of things where I don't have to think about that? Don't want to talk about that. Don't, don't, don't want to think about that. Are you doing something when you actually need to be still and spend time meditating upon scripture and spend time in prayer? Yeah, sometimes you have to slow down. Get rid of the clutter. Get rid of the idle thoughts. Now, I know there are people who think that at the judgment, they're going to say something like, well, at least I did something. Okay. No, that's not the standard, doing something. Uh, wicked people do something. In Matthew chapter 7, you might want to read that, 21 through 23, because Jesus says, and not, not, not only that, but not just doing something is not the standard, but professing faith in jesus is not the standard he says there's gonna be people there are gonna say lord lord and that's not gonna cut it there's either even gonna be people who are gonna say lord lord and they're gonna cite all the religious things they did or all the busy work 
And yet the problem is they didn't obey God. They didn't obey what the Bible said. They made up a lot of their own rules. Hey, there's another side note. You go in the church somewhere, make sure, hey, can I actually find this church in the Bible? And what I mean by that, can you find the name? Can you find what they call the members? Can you find the organizational structure of the local group? Can, can, can you find that the leadership there possesses the qualifications laid down in Scripture for the leaders of local groups? Can you find the doctrines that group believes? Can you find book, chapter, and verse for every teaching and practice? Man, if you can't, then you might start looking for another church. Time, too much is at stake. Especially, again, read that Matthew 7, 21 through 23 passage. Depart from me, ye who work lawlessness. That is, yeah, you claim to believe in me. You claim to be Christians. You said, Lord, Lord, and you did a lot of religious stuff. Guess what? You rebelled. You were not doing what I commanded in the Bible for you to do. You were following a lot of, well, man-made rules. You were following a lot of man's wisdom. When you go to a funeral or someone dying in a hospital, are you tempted to think, well, that's what, that won't happen to me? And I'm not sure if we're tempted necessarily to think that. I think sometimes the temptation is more of, well, that won't be me for a long, long, long time. So no reason to worry about that right now or get things, get things all together. You know, it's always good to examine yourself right now. Satan tries to keep us preoccupied and distracted like some 24-7 news channel. Hey, don't be thinking about that. Now you got plenty of time. Like a bad friend, right? Like a bad friend. Hey, you don't, you don't need to stay home and do your homework tonight. You got plenty of time. Yeah, that's like one of those bad friends in school. Those are the boys that end up donkeys. I need to look closely at myself now because I don't want to end up on my deathbed. And the thought crossed my mind. Did I do it all wrong? Man, pick up the Bible. Find out what you need to do. What sort of husband do you need to be? What sort of wife and parent? What sort of citizen? What sort of individual do you need to be? What do you need to believe? What do you need to practice? You don't want to end up at the last. You don't want to go through life and be involved in all these causes and all these battles and etc. And realize that you are on the wrong side consistently that you did far more harm than good. And without connecting yourself to scripture, you are going to do more harm than good. You're going to do things like, well, this is the right thing. This is a good cause. Look at Proverbs 16, 25. There's a way that seems right, but the end thereof is death. And pick up the Bible and make sure that you're on the right track. The standard is not, well, we're doing something. The standard is, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And that's found by Jesus in John chapter 14, verse 15, and long ago by the wise man in Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 12, 13 and 14. Well, I took enough of your time today. The Daily Answer, your host, Mark. Until next time, you know where you will find me right there in the funny papers. <laughs>